from depression to diabetes to obesity and addictions. Our medical problems are climbing and are now at epidemic rates. This is why I started this podcast, Your Health Transformed, to educate you, to teach you, so we can all learn how to combat these increasing medical problems and live well again and become transformed. I am your host, Dr. Franchelle Hamilton, bariatric surgeon, and have seen these medical problems and treated them firsthand. I am now on a journey to help transform health, not just band-aid it. So thank you for listening and going on this journey with me and all of my guests on Your Health Transformed. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Examining Medicine. I am your host, Dr. Franchelle Hamilton, and I am super excited for our guest today. We were talking earlier, Elizabeth, who does is the owner and founder of Brain-Based Wellness and talks a lot about neuroscience and how that affects behaviors and all these conditions. And I was talking earlier because that's totally up my alley, so I'm really excited to talk to her today about this concept. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to have this conversation as well and just geek out on all things neurology. (laughs) So I was kind of asking you prior to this, like how, like, like, I was like, what is your background? Like, how did you even get into this? And then you were saying that you went to, you were applied neurology practitioner. Is that correct? And I was yeah. like, I, I had never even like heard of that before, but I think <laughs> that is people so haven't cool. still. Yeah. <laughs> so most people, when I talk about applied neurology, no one knows what it is. And all it really is, is taking the latest in brain science and breaking it down into really practical neural exercises that you can use on a daily basis to strengthen the different parts of your nervous system so that you're healing the deficits in your nervous system, like your visual system or the balance system in your inner ear, your body mapping system, or the nerves inside that tell your brain what's going on inside of your body, making all of those parts of the system function better through training so that your brain is getting better quality input on a second by second basis. And it feels safer Mm. doing its primary job, which is making predictions to keep you alive. And when it can make better predictions and when your brain and your nervous system feel safer, then you experience less protective outputs, which can look like anything from pain to muscle weakness, to dizziness, to fatigue, but it can also look like disordered eating, binge eating, um, depression, migraine, all of these things are protective outputs of a brain and a system that are just dealing with too much stress for too long. Yeah, no, that, that's such a mouthful, but that's so (laughs) true. So we will talk about and kind of break this up. So I guess my initial question is how did you even get into, like what even made you want to look into neuroscience and what, was there something that triggered that or how did you even get into that? Yeah, it's an interesting story. So I had a couple Pilates studios here in Austin, Texas, and we were developing a national teacher training program. And I knew that I wanted brain science to be a part of that program. I knew enough through doing my research that you don't have a tight hip flexor. You have a brain that is telling your hip flexor to maintain a certain amount of tension and that the future of movement science was to include neurology. 
And going down a long rabbit hole of research, I found a place in Arizona called Z Health Education, and they are an applied neurology institute that certifies people in these practices and these exercises. And so I went out there and began studying with them and really fell in love with it and (laughs) loved learning about the nervous system and used it for many years for athletic performance and for pain management to get people out of chronic pain. And then there was a time in my own life where things really fell apart. I had to dissolve my partnership shares in that Pilates studio business that I'd had for 12 years. And with that, I lost a lot of my identity and my community. And there was a tremendous amount of financial stress. And then at the same time, my romantic partner was diagnosed with a pretty rare and dangerous cancer around his heart. And I went into being a full-time caretaker for him. And in all of that stress, Also, all this unprocessed childhood trauma came flooding back to me, and I started to experience really severe outputs of my own nervous system. My binge eating got really bad. I was in a lot of pain. I would have dissociative episodes and migraines, and I started to recognize in myself all the signs of nervous system dysregulation that I looked for in my athletes and in my pain clients. And I had all of this background in understanding how the nervous system works and how much that operating system guides our behavior and began to realize that there were much broader applications for applied neurology beyond just athletic performance and pain and went down a long rabbit hole of helping myself heal, working with a lot of somatic practitioners, and then really creating a system and a way to take these neural exercises and these tools and help people use it for behavior change, for trauma resolution, for disordered eating. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is so great because I like geek out and that's all I do now is focus on behavioral change as like a bariatric surgeon who did surgeries, um, huge bariatric surgeries, and then see my patient even after weight loss surgery, some did really well, but still struggle, you know, in different aspects of their life and, and realizing that just a medication or even something as powerful as a surgery is not enough to help, you know, some of these conditions. And it's interesting that you mentioned disorders that people would normally go see a doctor, for example, for that you're saying is all from coming, it's stemming from your neuro, your neuro system, your nervous system. And it's very, that's very much how I got into it also. Like I started realizing the medications that I was prescribing wasn't really effective for some people. And even Mm -hmm. the surgeries that I was doing Mm -hmm. wasn't really effective. So there's gotta be some other way to treat this disease. Like if I say, Um, why are you binge eating? And I even give them a surgery and that doesn't stop their binge eating. There has to be something else in the brain that's going on. And the brain is the most powerful organ in our body. It dictates to the rest of our body what to do. And so in your case, you had, it sounded like migraines, you had depression, you had binge eating. You had like, if I was a doctor, I could list like all these diagnoses for you. And then I'd be like, okay, well, here's this med or here's this. And you're like, it's the brain. It's the brain that's telling me. And I love the example that you gave earlier when you were saying that the tension, the tension in our muscles is not really tension in our hip flexor. It's the brain telling this muscle to have a certain amount of tightness. So I think that's awesome. And I just wanted to kind of clarify that for for the audience. And so how do you go about starting to treat someone who comes to you with all these conditions that they think they need a medication for or a certain diet for or a stretch for, where do you even start? Well, I think the 
best place to start is really wrapping our mind around a perspective shift, right? Yeah. So I, from the standpoint of applied neurology, our brain's primary job is always our survival. And it's taking in all of this information and it's integrating it. And then it's making a decision, safe or unsafe. And it's going to generate an output based on that decision with our survival as the primary importance. And so if I think of it that way, then all of my behaviors are my brain's best bet to either get the stimulation that it needs to stay healthy, active, and alive, or to regulate the nervous system so that I stay safe. And so if I can start to look at my behaviors with through that lens and with more curiosity, what is my nervous system and my body telling me that I really need with these behaviors? And there was a moment in my own life through this healing journey where I really had a tremendous amount of gratitude for my binge eating behavior. I have a pretty high ACE score, which stands for Adverse Childhood Experience. And there's a lot of research that shows kids with high ACE scores later on in life have more disease development, yeah. autoimmune, cancer, um, addictions, yeah. mental health issues. And I have a, a high enough ACE score to be up against some of that, but I was always a really functional person. I was always pretty successful in society. And I realized that my system, my nervous system in my brain had figured out a way to move me out of chronic stress by eating a bunch of food. It was a tool yeah. that I developed as a little kid. Correct. And when I eat a bunch of food, I can actually stimulate important nerves that need stimulation like my vagus nerve, like my celiac plexus, and move myself into more of a calm and respond, rest and digest state. So I'm getting out of that state of chronic stress and hypervigilance. And my system needed a break or else it could have gotten really pushed into a disease state. And so if I wanted to have new behaviors, I needed new tools to Correct. regulate my nervous system and give my brain and my nerves the stimulus that they needed, rather than just trying to take that protective behavior away that had actually been keeping me safe. I needed different ways to regulate my system if I wanted to move out of that behavior. Yeah, no, I agree. And I'm going to let you finish. I just want to comment on a couple of points that you made. One, um, a lot of providers and not just physicians, but providers, health coaches, nurses, all types of people will often say, look, look at the bad behavior and just say, stop doing that. And this is exactly why what you just described, the word stop doing that does is not effective. Like stop drinking so much alcohol, stop smoking, stop um, binge eating, stop emotional eating, like just saying stop doing that. And the person on the other end wants to do that so bad. But just for the you to just tell them as they're, when they're coming to you for help to stop doing that is not does not work. And it's not the person. It's not the person. It's not the fact that they don't want to do it. It's that they've created these neural pathways in their brain. And they honestly, they can't do it. That was their coping mechanism that got created years ago to be able to protect themselves from something else. And so I also like the fact that you said, I want to give gratitude because that shows compassion. And then you know how important it is to give gratitude. You know how important it is to 
be able to give gratitude and then gain insight. Like that was an insight for you. And then to be able to kind of move on from that. But I always look at these like myelinated pathways as like trenches, right? And we we're used to going down these default in order to change that default. It's very hard, but it has to be something that you want to do and naturally can do. So for me saying, hey, stop eating all that pasta. That's another stop, which is not going to work if that's what they were used to doing before and start eating keto. I mean, that doesn't, it doesn't work like that. The trade-off doesn't work like that. And that's where I found all of this in neuroscience. So thank you for pointing that out. And thank you for having gratitude for saying, thank you body for protecting me. Because if I didn't binge eat, I could have ended up with cancer because chronic, chronic stress has been shown to cause cancer. It's been shown to cause diabetes. It's been shown to cause obesity, hypertension, cardiovascular, like all these other diseases, you know what I'm saying? That you potentially avoided because your body chose to binge eat. And at the time, whatever age you were, that was your way of learning how to cope with that mechanism. So thank you for kind of, I just wanted to kind of point out all the nuggets that you just said. And so now you're moving into trying to learn a new behavior or a better behavior than that behavior. So perfect. Yeah, absolutely. What we do, we get better at, right? Because our brains and our systems are wired for efficiency. And so a lot of times putting myself in a restrictive diet is increasing my stress, right? My body's trying to maintain homeostasis. I'm creating a calorie deficit. I'm putting all this external pressure on myself. I'm adding all of these things in where, you know, maybe the shame, maybe the guilt, maybe the stress of food prep. And then my system gets more stressed out and it's very much more likely to push me into binge eating again because (laughs) what we do, we get better at. And the more I push myself into stress, the more I push myself into a binge, the more well-worn, more myelinated myelinated that pathway becomes. My body turns to that quicker as a protective mechanism and it becomes harder and harder to get out of the loop. So yeah, yeah, it's really important. The things you talked about. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. So what do you do when you're trying to change an unwanted behavior? I would say. So the first few things I work with people on are one is minimum effective dose, right? Like how much behavior change can I have without pushing myself into so much stress that it Mm -hmm. starts to create unwanted and protective outputs because all change is threatening to the brain. It functions on pattern recognition. And so you got to really break it down small. And so we start with just a couple minutes a day of integrating in some neural exercises that gives them stimulus that their body responds well to. It might be an exercise for their eyes. It might be some stimulus for their vagus nerve. And they just spend one to two minutes in the morning helping their system regulate and making that a really easy to accomplish morning practice. And then starting to recognize their threat signals. For a lot of us who have trauma or chronic stress or just living in the society that we live in, we're really disconnected from our bodies. And we don't even know that we're moving into our threat response until it's too late, until we're already standing in front of the refrigerator, like shoveling a bunch of food down our face, doesn't matter what it is just to be okay. And at that point, you can't really interrupt it. It's already the, the, cycle is already going, the switch has been flipped. But if I can start to recognize earlier 
that my body is starting to move into threat? Does my mouth dry out, right? That's a sign of moving out of my rest and digest system since saliva is part of my digestive process into my sympathetic fight, flight, freeze nervous system. And so if my mouth is drying out, good sign, I maybe need to do some regulation. If I'm getting a lot of tension around my eyes or my shoulders are starting to creep up, signs of startle reflex, good sign I need to stop and do something to regulate my nervous system. If my palms are sweating and my heart is racing, or maybe I'm experiencing a little bit of pain at the site of an old injury, pain again is a is an output of the nervous system trying to get us to change our behavior and reduce the amount of stress or threat coming in. So if I can start to learn to be more aware of my body's signals, feel them earlier on, and then do a couple things that help my nervous system feel safe, get regulated, then I can start to interrupt that loop of binging or whatever the unwanted output that I have is that I frequently turn to, to give myself regulation, I can start to interrupt it more and more and more. And the more I interrupt it, the less I move into it. Because again, what we do, we get better at. So I get better and better at interrupting the stress response. Yeah, no, I agree. And the other big thing with that is you're going to default. And it's not, and, and relapse, people say relapse and it's always has this like negative connotation. It's a default. It's a default behavioral. So even when you're starting to learn these new behavior chains and trying to get rid of the unwanted behavior changes, realizing, realize that your brain, not you, but your brain is going to automatically want to default. And it will often do that in times of stress just stuff that happens on a daily basis. You know what I'm saying? Because it's easier and it does that because your brain is easier to do what it's been doing for however many years than for it to start going on that new pathway. So just that's another thing that I'll add to that. Like I agree, like do it in small doses. I love the fact that you made it clear, like adding all this other stuff, which we commonly do in practice, you know, do this, do this 30 minutes a day exercise, you know what I'm saying? And it becomes overwhelming. I mean, you may have a client or a patient sitting there and saying, okay, because they want to do that. They want to almost like externally perform for you. They want to please you as their coach or their provider, but that may actually be something that they can't do because their brain can't do that. And I think it's really important to kind of hone in on that. I, the other question that I have for you is I saw on your, your website, you do a lot of like exercising, like almost like brain paced exercising. I'm honestly, I've never heard of that. And I'm really curious what that is and how that works even. Yeah. So I kind of have two components of the site. One is the nervous system training. And I have a a program called Food Freedom, where we specifically use the nervous system training and somatic emotional processing to help resolve disordered eating. And then the other part of the site is just a membership site where we do regular nervous system training, but we also combine it with movement classes because I do have a long background in teaching movement. And movement is really important for brain health. And we as human beings are made to move. And I think the more we can provide novel stimulus to our brain in terms of complex nonlinear movements and moving the body through all kinds of different angles and planes and rotations, and then learning how to modify what's right for our body and our nervous system as we do it, the more you can improve cognitive function, memory, you can upregulate your frontal lobe, which helps you 
um, suppress some of those survival responses. And um, so I combine it. A lot of clients do both. They do the movement and the nervous system training. And then some people just come for the, for the nervous system regulation and the tools in regards to disordered eating. Okay. So the other thing that I saw on your website that I thought was really interesting was this idea of brain-based exercising. So I've never heard of that before until I kind of was looking at what some of the things that you do. So what is that and how does that work exactly? Yeah. So the, the virtual platform really has two parts to it. I have a program that works on really training the nervous system and all of the different input systems of the nervous system and then working with people with disordered eating, which is the food freedom program. And then I have a membership site where we do train the nervous system and practice somatic movement, but we also just do movement classes. I have a long background in movement and I believe that movement is really important to the health of our brain that stimulating your motor cortex, it improves your cognitive abilities, your memory, your executive function, the, uh, upregulation of your frontal lobe, which will help, um, inhibit your back brain, which is where your more of your survival response lives. And as human beings, we're really meant to move in all kinds of ranges of motion and complex nonlinear movement. And so what the movement classes do is they really combine a lot of the applied neurology exercises that work on body mapping and really targeted joint mobilization with mindful movement practices and somatic movement to just really help people have good quality movement, connect to their bodies, have a better understanding of where their body is in space and to process emotions through the somatic work, process emotions through the body with movement. Wow. So is it similar? How is it different from yoga? Would you say, or yeah, well, doesn't know. Hmm. Somatic movement has a lot to do with undoing our different patterns of trauma response. So it's a lot of moving the body through um, directions and ways that inhibit our reflexive patterns that we may have learned in trauma. So like one of the things that happens with um, trauma over time is you lose rotation in your spine because your body wants you to kind of be propelling straight forward and it wants you to be able to generate a lot of force with your movement if you're in a fight and flight response. So it's going to lock up in the center so that you can have stability in your center and generate more force. So you lose the rotation of your spine spine. And so a lot of it is finding ways to bring that back into the body, maybe as you're even processing memories and emotions so that you're re it's neural re-education for the body and creating new patterns of movement that move you out of those trauma responses. And then the, the other movement classes are more Pilates based and core work and just learning how to really move with a lot of intention, learning how to move with control and precision and to move your body very intentionally in different patterns that will help your brain, um, create a lot more, a a lot more control and awareness of the body and space. Wow. I didn't even know that exists. So I do a lot of, I'm more of a high energy type of workout person, which is probably nothing like, you know what I'm saying? Like what you do. So is there like a a con in people who like just go run or I don't know, do hit exercises or a CrossFit? Is there, it, it doesn't sound like there's any potentially 
neuro benefit in that. It's just pure cardio maybe, or what are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, I think it really depends because everybody's nervous system is so different and unique. And sometimes I think people are pushing past their minimum effective dose into possibly negative returns with some of that stuff, okay. especially hit. And if you're already in a high stress state, it's good for stress relief to a certain point. And then people may exceed that point and then find that afterwards they're really tired or they move into a binge episode or they get a okay. headache and really learning to listen to your body in that way. And actually a lot of the movement classes on my site, there's a range of levels and some of them are pretty high intensity and pretty oh, athletic. Really? I, okay. Trained as an athlete. And so I I also, my nervous system and my body responds really well to rigorous exercise. Um, and so we do have that. We have respiration training and cardio training. And all of it is just infused also with neural exercises and with neuro drills to help your system perform better, to get more strength in your muscles, to have more stability in your core by maybe doing some eye exercises in between the exercises, or maybe doing something to stimulate the balance system in your inner ear, and then seeing if you get more range of motion, more strength, more motor control, and kind of killing two birds with one stone, helping yeah. the nervous system and also getting your workout in. Yeah, that sounds awesome, actually. Yeah. And this is all what you – do you do live classes on your website or – yeah. It's all live. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. so cool. I think that's yeah. awesome. I, I haven't yeah. heard that I, I love it. Um, it's kind of my own thing that comes from a you know a combination of all my practices. And then there are the somatic flows, which are very gentle and very about you know being curious and exploring your body and releasing the emotions through. And then there's different cranial nerve resets. And so there's a, just a lot of different tools so yeah. that people can take those tools and put the ones that they need in their bucket so that in the moment of stress, they have lots of options for quick things to do to help them regulate um, and can start to implement it into their daily life wherever their nervous system is at. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's great. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth, for being on the show. This was so helpful. And this is, I, I loved our conversation. I will put thank all you the information so much. on where they can find you um, in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you. I, it was an honor to be here and I'm really enjoying talking with you about all this. Yeah, it's great. I hope this message continued to empower you and inspire you to continue on your health transformation journey. Thank you for listening and please subscribe or download if you like what you're hearing. The goal is to continue to inform you and educate you as you transform on your healthcare journey and show you different paths to take in order to get you to your goal. Until next time, thank you.